Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping by our table of disappointment. This is How They Got Away, the show where we discuss the unsatisfying endings to your favorite unsolved or unpunished true crime and corporate greed stories. I'm Annalise, your host for today. I have my co-host here. Kelsey. I stumbled that you come in with the mm, it's great. And we have two guests today. Anna. <laughs> I, I just I can't get over the mm. uh, I guess I'm mm, what you say, Stephanie. Hey. <laughs> today we're <laughs> we're gonna bring it back down. <laughs> Real down. And today we're gonna be talking about two pretty old unsolved cases um one is from like yeah one is from 1902 and the other one's from 1913 so so both 100 years old at least yeah and um both involve a mary so (laughs) great (laughs) our first one's from uh, australia which is fun we've mostly stuck in the u.s so far i did one in the uk but i think this is the farthest we've gone oh yeah you did yeah so this is this case is about a girl named uh, Mary Shippen and before I really get into it a lot of the information I got comes from an article from uh, Sue Polkinghorn who had extracted the information from the trial of Mary Shippen by Peter uh, Donovan just to put that out there so New Year's Day 1902 Johanna Elizabeth Shipman, otherwise known as uh, Bertha, was 14 years old and the hang youngest on, of her family. Where, where do we get Bertha from? Uh, her name is Joanna Elizabeth Shipman, but everyone calls her Bertha? I assume it comes from Elizabeth, and someone must else must be named Joanna, I assume. <laughs> Wait, knows? second question. Yeah. Is this Mary? No. That'll come clearer later. So, Hang on, we're not there yet. <laughs> so she lived in this tiny German um, farming settlement in um, Tawitta in southern Australia. Specifically, it's outside of this like valley area. And at the time, this was a really quiet, isolated place, according to, like, to the residents. And just for context, Australia had just united its six colonies into the Commonwealth of Australia the year before in 1901. It's always the tiny towns. It's always the small town where nothing happens and then suddenly shit happens. Yeah, so we have a very like new and kind of separated Australia that's just coming together now. And now this is just a small settlement too. So it's not it's not like there's like a lot of people around and even in the country, still not like we it's not the Australia we know today. <laughs> so Bertha's parents um Matt and Joanne or Johan which I guess is why they call her Bertha because her mother is Johan there we go we're going to visit some relatives so they had left her oldest sister Mary who was 24 or 25 depending on the source in charge of her three other siblings who were staying that night um there are another three siblings that were working at another farm at this time so it's a pretty big family but it was the day when you had six kids to run the farm exactly but it was only Mary, Bertha, and the two brothers are who is at the home. So everything was normal 
and peaceful. Like, nothing was strange. The two brothers decided that they were going to go, like, sleep in one of these rooms attached to one of the farm sheds because they're being boys and just doing their thing. (laughs) And so that left Mary and Bertha alone in the house when they went to bed at 8 p.m. Around 10 p.m., only two hours later, Mary claims to have woken up. I know, I went weird later there. (laughs) Only two hours later. (laughs) Only two hours later. Mary claims to have been woken up to a bearded man laying across her chest. Literally the most terrifying thing I could possibly think of waking up to. I was just going to say sleep paralysis, Stephen. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So Mary scrambled away and then ran to her brother's leaving Bertha behind. Okay, but in fairness, like, you wake up in the, I assume, a dead sleep. There's a strange man on top of you. You are not thinking, who's in the house? Let me take a quick roster. Let me make sure I know where everybody is. You're thinking, I need to get to where I am safe. So the brothers, like, wake up to Mary being like, oh, my God, there's someone in the house. We got to go get help. And so the we, brothers sorry, like, do we know how old the brothers are at this point? Uh, I don't remember from the article. I don't remember if it was listed or not. They are younger than Mary, though. So they are under 20, and Bertha is the youngest. So they are older teens, I'm guessing. So they ran to the neighbor for help. The, ma- the neighbor declined to help. So first of all, they're like I they're in the farming community, so I assume they're on a farm. So that's acres and acres of land I assume they have to cross to get to their nearest neighbors. And then the neighbors like nah. Yeah, it was like you have like these kids banging on your door, like help, there's something happening. You're like I don't see how that's my problem. Like excuse me? Oh, it's the O'Hennessy's again. They're just making it up. Just go back to bed. They really just went like, are those kids, like, asking for help? Maybe they, like, assumed they were robbers? Because I don't know how common that was of a ruse in the early 1900s, but, like, that is a thing people do nowadays, is, like, knock on your door saying, oh, hey, there's this thing, or, oh, hey, I need your help, or, oh, hey, can I use your phone? Obviously, they didn't have phones back then, so that's not going to work, but... Maybe they thought it was some kind of ruse to get into their house. I but feel like they might have thought it was more of a prank maybe. at that time. Because it's like, I don't know. Stealing just... <laughs> I mean, I have to imagine this small, like, rural area that you know each other. They know these boys. I mean, that you you have the other children working at other farms during this time, too. So there must be something going on. Maybe I really they just don't know. hate these boys in particular. Or this family, like maybe they had beef with the family, or maybe the boys were known for pulling shit like that. Who knows? There's no explanation as of right now that I know of, and I doubt we'll get one at this point. Anyone who knows is dead. Yeah. So they had to run one kilometer or 0.6 miles to the district constable Lambert's house, who's like, okay, yeah. Let's go. They came back to the house and they found Bertha dead. 
I mean, honestly, that doesn't surprise me with the amount of time that it took for them to get help Mm -hmm. for something to have happened. Bertha had been stabbed 40 times. My God. Do you think they killed her? I never understand when they stab multiple, multiple times. Like, I get it's like a rage thing, but it's like, I, I think you got it, my dude. But then there are other times where you hear cases where they're stabbed, like like the Slenderman case where she was stabbed like something like 19 times and still lived. Some of y'all are just not good at murder. I don't want you to be good at murder, but, you know, if you're going to choose to murder, maybe practice? I don't know. Some people are just built different. <laughs> so within all that, it's all over her, her body and her neck where this happened. Some sources claimed that she had been slashed from ear to ear five times. Slashed and not stabbed? Like slashed through. You know what I mean? Like um, someone's holding the body and goes, all gross like. I feel like I wouldn't be able to differentiate one time from the second time from the third time. Like at some point I'd just be like, yeah, there's there's a cut there. <laughs> this guy it does call into question for uh, forensics of the time, like how accurate that is. Yeah. And of course, there's all sorts of different sources about this. And some of them play a little different different story about how it took place, when things happened. It's all like a bit muddled. Because mm. record keeping isn't the best at 1901. <laughs> Back then, it's just nosy Nancy and nosy Nancy's cousin. Uh, and nosy Nathaniel. Yeah, nosy Nathaniel. I was trying to think of another good alliteration and I couldn't. And nosy Nathaniel is known for exaggerating a little bit as he talks about it over the water cooler. And he goes, oh, <laughs> to his I'm, friend I'm not exaggerating alive, Ethan. <laughs> so once they arrived, there was no sign of a bearded man. And I'm also not sure what Mary was supposed to be doing when all this was happened. There wasn't really. Yeah, maybe there wasn't really a lot to go off of for that. So, of course, after this happened. Efforts began to figure out what happened. Fair enough. Obviously, the parents came home. and a How did they get word to them? It's 1902. A pigeon? I don't fucking know. Telegram? <laughs> yeah, telegram. Boop, 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 boop. Hey, uh, boop, 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 boop. I Your have a message. Dead. Your boop, daughter boop, boop, is dead. Come home. <laughs> them are shit. Damn it. It is not the telegram you want to get on vacation. They get it. They respond back like tuberculosis. Boop boop boop. boop. No. Boop, 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 no boop. heart. Murder. Horrific. <laughs> no follow up. Just horrific. Great. So a coroner's inquest started at the Shippen home after a funeral that was held. Several witnesses um, were called. But no one was able to identify who could have been this like supposed bearded man that Mary claims to have seen. Yeah, and so like, what, what do you mean witnesses? Nobody was there. Yeah. I'm guessing like neighbors. The, the neighbor didn't that didn't help. help. You mean that neighbor? So this was happening. And with the inquest occurring, Dr. Ramsey Smith, who was the city coroner and head of the Department of Health, was called to do an examination. And to look around the house, look around the area, check the body, all those kinds of things. Here is what he had found. He had found um, hair had been pulled out by the roots 
and were kind of like around the house. So you could tell from like the follicle that had been yanked from someone's head. There was blood on Mary and Bertha's clothing. Mm-hmm. But they're unable to tell if the blood on Mary's clothing was human blood or not because she had been butchering sheep with her father days earlier. The other thing, too, is, and I don't know, maybe you're going to get into it, but the guy was on top of her. There's no way to know if Bertha was already dead at that point. It's very possible that that is Bertha's blood and that's how it got there. Or maybe Mary murdered her sister for no known reason. So Constable Lambert, from what he could tell, there was no sign of a stranger coming into the house and no sign of a stranger in the area. There was no disturbances in the house, like things weren't knocked over and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's the middle of nowhere. It's like you don't have to be like Anna and break into the house that you're house sitting in because you lock yourself out. Nobody's locking the door. Damn, way to call me out like this. (laughs) You just walk in. That's true. 1902, they were like, wow, is that Sandy's house? I'm going to go in. Say hello. (laughs) Sandy's not here. I think I'm going to murder. Jesus. I'll also borrow some sugar. Sandy's sugar is very good (laughs) for my tea. Sandy's not sugar. (laughs) We're just full of alliterations today. (laughs) During all this evidence gathering and questioning, Mary had admitted to having a relationship with a man named Gustav uh, Nischk. Nischk? I can't say his name right. Mary. So apparently um, spectators were removed after this confession because it was like the hot tea. And they were disappointed that they couldn't hear the full detail. (laughs) That's horrible. But... And I'm not defending these people, but it's 1902. You're in a tiny, tiny town in the middle of barely unified Australia. There is nothing else going on. Mm -mm. This is like the tea of the century for them. Literally. So this became like these details about Mary and this relationship became labeled as like the sensational thing within like the media. So when everyone, whenever anyone was talking about this case, they're like the sensational case because of this particular detail. Gustav um, was 21 and was questioned and said that their relationship had been going on for a year, which had completely destroyed Mary's reputation. Now, I don't know what's so scandalous in particular about this. I'm guessing the fact that they were hiding it. And I'm wondering if like, relations occurred <laughs> and that's I feel like people have to assume that after yeah. like a year of being together and also no one knowing that you're together and also assumably you're sneaking around because it's not like you just you're just together but you didn't tell anybody it's like yeah. we're together behind the barn <laughs> the theory then became that mary had killed bertha bertha to prevent her from telling her father about this relationship According to different sources, their father was a disciplinarian and at one point had um, supposedly gotten into an altercation with some young men and shot one of them in the leg. And so he stood trial at the Supreme Court in 1896 and was acquitted. This sounds like a really stable guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Mary was so worried about him finding out about her life. And I'm not trying to make it like a political, like parenting style thing, but like. You know, if you're that strict, your kids are just going to murder your other kids to hide shit from you. I'm just not good. 
At the end of the coroner's inquest, the coroner announced the result of the jury was with this quote. Bertha Elizabeth Shippen met her death by having her throat cut by Mary Augusta Shippen. I like and that he replaced her first name, Joanna, with Bertha instead of her middle name with Bertha or just adding yeah, Bertha like, anywhere in there. So, of course, because this was just an inquest, Mary was not sentenced yet. They still had to go through trial and determine, like, all charges, all this stuff. I do want to show you a picture of her real quick just to get a visualization of who we are talking about. Also that, like, I don't know a lot about Australian law. And of course, this is early days Australia. So I don't know if it was just different then. But like, how are you supposed to innocent until proven guilty if the coroner's just like, it was you? There's no way it was anybody else. Not even like, oh, this person's DNA was found at the scene. Like, this would happen because of this person. Anyway, <laughs> jury of your peers will decide. The coroner being like, you were stinky, and I think it was you. Everyone in the court. Well, well, he looked at the body, so perhaps. That do be whack, though. <laughs> she just seems like a nice lady. Do we know how tall she was or how, like. I do not tall. have her measurements, no. I don't have her measurements? Can you imagine having, like, some dead lady's measurements from way back when? Like, what are these numbers for? Well, it was we birth of measurements. On. Might be I mean, important one day. It might be. I, stabbing someone 40 times is like, or over 40 times is really hard. Of course, farm work is also really hard. So she probably was built. Well, I do want to say, sorry, going back to the coroner's inquest thing. It's interesting because how things used to work is that they would grab jurors and then do a coroner's inquest to determine that a crime had even happened. You know, nowadays how we have police that do their investigative work and then go charge people and bring them to court. It used to be that you had a jury beforehand during this inquest to determine a crime had happened and the nature of the crime in order to then even charge someone. Because, you know, Jeff's really good at criminal law. I you know. I think yeah, it our was neighbor Jeff. <laughs> I think it was morbid where they had this long joke during one of their podcasts that they had just like grabbed a man out of a bar. It's like, we need one more juror to determine that this crime had happened and he's drunk and they're like bringing him out. <laughs> and crime it happened and it was you taking me for my drink. How dare you? <laughs> not not to not to make light. Also, I had a thought. Oh, it was just I used to read books about, like, people who work with dead bodies, morticians. And I remember one of them was, like, this person who was saying, like, a crime against, like, elderly people went, like, un like unnoted for a really long time. And, like, event it, like, led to a change in the way they process bodies so that now, I think this is specifically a UK author, so it's important to note that this is, like, something for the UK, is that, like, with old people, they assumed that if they died like in care or something it was probably just old age or like a known sickness or something but now it's like if you haven't been in the hospital in like x number of days or weeks they have to like check your body just in case it was a murder or like in case something untoward happened because like there were just cases of like so many random old people and I was just thinking with that kind of thing that like just pulling Jeff off the street or some random drunk guy to look at a body and be like did something happen to this old person would be like, nah, nah, that, that looks like an old person. Old people just die. 
there's so many laws that are in place that you're you hear that law and you're like, mm, something happens. Now we have a law. <laughs> That's just how the entire legal system get just is. Mm-hmm. Something has to happen in order for a law to be made, apparently, <laughs> which is great. We love that. We love that. So, of course, after this inquest, Mary was not sentenced. Um, the inquest just established they believed the crime had occurred. So Mary was formally charged with Bertha's murder and then sent to await trial. So in March 1902, she appeared before Chief Justice Sir Samuel Adelaide Gowell with Sir Josiah Simmon as her defense. And apparently, Josiah Simmon was like the lawyer. I mean, he's ignited. He's a sir. Simmon, during all this, portrayed Gustav as the villain. And so this increased public sympathy for Mary and then increased hatred for Gustav, who was attacked by a crowd from the court when he was going to his lodgings and then had to be escorted by police after that. That's crazy. Does Gustav have a beard? Um, I don't know what Gustav, let me look up, let me look up this man. Because I'm just thinking back to Mary's story of finding a bearded man on top of her and like. <gasps> he has a mustache. Oh, guilty. I'm kidding. Okay, okay. One second, one second, one second, one second. That's him. Got a mustache. How old is he at the time of this photo? I don't know at the time of this photo. Again, to be fair, this so was ugly. way back. This was way back when, before they had proper skin care. So- it's interesting though that beards were so common back then, and he doesn't have one. On the other hand, he was 21, so maybe he just could not grow one yet. Yeah. He kind of looks like what a cowboy tries to be. Like the mustache. He looks like he's trying cowboy. to be a cowboy. He probably, honestly. Probably was a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Australian cowboy. Let's go. Let's go. You know, it's so interesting, though. I was like, maybe maybe it was Gustav and she just didn't recognize him. Because you generally don't expect your lover to just show up covered in blood at your house in the middle of the night. Or maybe. Well, she was in on it, and she, like, tweaked the story a little bit, but it had the grain of truth of there being a man, and it was Gustav. I don't know. I don't know. By the end of the trial, after less than two hours of deliberating, the jury came back with a not guilty verdict for Mary. That's crazy. And the I mean, there's no, there's no evidence at all. And also, these people had to know her. Like, this is, yeah. we've covered this again and again, but it's a tiny town. Yeah, you can't get an impartial jury from there either. And nowadays, there's some kind of measures you can take in place if there's like a really well-publicized case or if it's a really small town and like people are involved that you can get a jury from another town to get more of an unbiased thing. But I don't think that was a thing you could do back then. Mm-mm. Jeremiah knows me. He knows I don't know how to murder. You know, that's yeah. also the point. This was a jury probably solely of men. Oh, yeah. Like, I think 100%. No way. I, know, like, I said probably, but because I, I wasn't, like, sure exactly what year they started in letting women be on the jury in the in Australia. But, yeah, like, there's no way. Not that 1901. Or no, definitely not. So there's also that narrative of, like, maybe there's a sexist assumption that women can't murder. 
women can be murderers too. You know? So girl queen, girl boss. Mary, just to wrap up Mary's story, after all, all this happened, she, 17 later, she died of tuberculosis, never having anything solved. TB, it always comes up. <laughs> I, I, I made that TV joke. Like, yeah. You did, you did. I
like trial was over and it was announced non-guilty, Mary like went out of the courthouse and there was a crowd of 300 people that were cheering as she left. So the people like generally the attitude of the town was that she had not done it. Yeah. Gustav had to leave through a rear entrance. (laughs) So they were like, this bitch weird. I mean, I kind of feel get bad for Gustav, but on the other hand, maybe he did do it. And then on the other hand, maybe Mary did do it. Maybe There's they both did it. of different rumors about what, what happened besides this. Um, I will say one of them that's interesting that comes up quite often, but is still like not believable, is that her father, Mr. Shippen, was the one that killed Bertha. I mean, he does sound like a really violent person. I'm not yeah. disputing that at all. He's been in trouble with the law about that before. And I highly doubt he had, like, morals about not being violent with his family. But on the other hand, wasn't he in, like, another town? So this is why it's a crazy theory. Um, the theory was that Mr. Shippen, like, rode back home, which I'm wondering how far they were. It might not have been that far. I doubt it was very far. Yeah. So the idea is that he like rode back home that night after Bertha had allegedly witnessed him murder a traveling hawker. So someone selling their wares on the streets Um, and then threatened like she threatened that she would reveal it to someone like it's like she's like, oh, my God, you killed someone that can't we can't keep that hidden. That's got to go somewhere. We got to tell people we got to like, no. And then her father killed her to keep quiet. Not super believable, because that requires a lot of different moving parts and things being hidden and covered up. They'd have to have murdered a traveling salesperson, gotten rid of the body somehow, went on vacation with his, I assume, his wife, come back in the night to threaten his child, then murder her, then ride back. So that they could receive word that their child was dead? And then ride back home. And then ride back again. I love, though, that the first two theories... Well, I don't love it. It's sad. But the first two main theories, I guess, are that she was killed to keep quiet about something. Like, there's not even a real reason to kill her. It's like, you just want to cover up the shitty thing that you did. Yeah. All the theories people have is covering up the relationship or covering up a murder. That's really crappy. Yeah. So that was Bertha's story and Mary's story as well. To shift to the next one, um, the theme here is um, young women, unfortunately. Love it. We don't love it, but you know. <laughs> I love um, strong female protagonists. <laughs> this is another one where someone's life was destroyed. So... No. Yeah. At least I can only handle so much disappointment in a single evening. This is the table of disappointment. So. True. We're getting so an extra. We're getting on a two appetizers. So this Papa's is. Papa's plates, if you will. So this is the case of um, Mary Fagan. She was a 13-year-old girl who was working at the. Nice. A 13 and like a 14-year-old? Come on. It's really sad. They're not even young women. Those are just girls. So she was working at the National Pencil Company in Atlanta, Georgia. Making those number twos. 
No, oh, wait, that came out worse. That came out wrong. <laughs> this is her before we get too much into it. With the bows in her hair. A baby. She was a baby. If you look it up, this is one of the few photos that come up, but she has like these like of course it's black and white, so I'm gonna say white um bows in her hair on each side. She looks very sweet. She's a little brain. Really short fringe bangs. Of course. Just a little pe- little bit of bang. That's as much as she was allowed to have. Obviously. That seems like a some kind of traditional hairstyle. I don't know what country though. It feels Dutch when I look at it, but I have no idea what. I have no idea. Folks I don't know. In the comments, look up the photo, tell us, educate us. Because I don't know. I don't know where the last thing. Fagan, Fagan, Fagan. Like Carl? Oliver Twist, Fagan. Probably that sounds right. Dang, I was thinking like Carl Sagan, but Fagan. I went straight to Oliver Twist because we've got a poor little kid who just needs to get a break. So on April 26th, 1913, around noon, she had gone to the factory that she worked at to collect her pay from Leo Frank. Mr. Frank was a Jewish factory superintendent, which is important to remember. Which part? The Jewish part. The Jewish part. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Annalise. It's bad. No case in 1913 involving a Jewish man is going to go well. Unfortunately. Because of, uh, anyway, you'll find out, you'll understand why, and then you'll be upset. I'm already upset. So that night at 3.30 a.m., so technically it was the 27th, um, Mary was found by a night watchman in the basement of the factory. Oh, my God. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Oh! Frank, having been the last person she was known to be with, became the prime suspect. I know that we're going to make this a racist thing, but he also was the last person to see her, and that is suspicious. This case was huge. In the words, she was a baby! In the words of the New York Times, The murder crystallized working class Atlanteans' resentment over their children's exploitation by heartless capitalists. I was thinking about that, too. You said she was working at the pencil factory. And I know that was more common back. That was really common back then. But, like, oh, come on. Wait. She probably went after school, too. Like, like around noon. That was probably, I don't know what day of the week this was. But she probably went after school to get her pay. I mean, would she have even been getting an education at 13? What's the education system? I'm, I'm, I'm getting distracted. I really just want to say, do you remember Francis Perkins, Secretary of... Sorry. Saturday. What is it? Like, Francis Perkins, was she the Secretary of Labor? Uh, secre- remember, our high school teacher loved Francis Perkins, who was, like, the first woman to be in, like, the line of succession as pres- in, like, FDR's presidency. Um, and she was one idea. of the people... She was one of the people who championed, like children not working and like limitations to like like the amount of labor that you do in a work week we were we were yet to francis perkins it was pre-francis perkins yeah she probably wasn't going to school at this point as you can tell there's a lot of anger brewing around this case already young girl working class and then you have these characters that come into play so frank was brought in for questioning and later on April 29th was arrested and charged with the murder. 
whoa. So like two, three days, they're like, got it. Yep. It can't be anybody else. The investigation was controversial because of the supposed oh. torture. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Why? I mean, I know why. But why? They fucking suck is why. And they saw a Jewish man. We're going to get him. I don't want to be. De- I want to say that I'm. I don't want to be derivative, but I'm also saying like a Jewish man in which money was involved. I'm wondering if there was some racism specifically involving that Jewish stereotype. Oh yeah, yeah, and especially that like harping on like money and like mm-hmm. capitalism and all. There's probably he was probably painted in a horrific light during all. Of this. Oh yeah. Of course he was. He got charged. And the press went crazy with this story. Of course. Sensationalized by publisher um, William Randolph Hearst. And this man, Tom Watson in particular, who was a white supremacist. And then there was a bunch of other um, reporters that were playing off the social tensions at the time. When it came to um, the trial. Sorry, I don't even have words for that. I'm just sitting here with that, like. Oh, yeah. You're the white supremacist, so of course. Yeah. Super wow. common and open at that time about that. Just, you know what? I'm not trying to make the podcast political more than it already is, but you know what? People are getting a little too liberal about that stuff these days. Too liberal about being not liberal. I'm not saying you got to be liberal, but you're being too liberal about being white supremacist. I think you're being a little too open about being white and in the cringe kind of way Mm-mm, none of that none of that Blech. awful so when it came to the trial the prosecution against frank coached the testimony of this man jim Connolly, who was oh, an course. african-american of course janitor at the company Connolly's affidavits Important to note that each statement he gave would backtrack and renounce the last. He told this like elaborate and like unlikely story about his participation in the crime. Of he essentially claimed that he helped Frank dispose of Mary's body. He didn't even dispose of her body. She just was in the basement. That's not even disposal. And I feel like I don't know enough about the legal systems in terms of affidavits to say if this is a thing or not. But I feel like if some a witness, a particularly a witness who has key information in your in that results in your chart or not trial, your sentencing or you know what I'm saying, your guilty verdict. That's the word. Retracts that statement. I feel like that should be grants for an immediate retrial. Sorry, I just want to note. While that was happening, we had a lovely guest star from a cat. His name is Persimmon. Persimmon is here. He thinks that racism is bullshit. And he wants to know why this is happening. Keyboard. With all this happening, there was very little sympathy for Frank from the public. The public had, like, already decided that he was guilty. During the trial, most of the evidence was circumstantial and character testimony actually favored Frank from his side. However, you know, think about this time period, a lot of people were prejudiced against both Jews and African-Americans, which unfortunately those prejudices would have the most influence. The prosecution played on that a lot. Um, One of the things that they played on, which is such a weird thing, 
They played on the misconception around circumcisions, which it was not common for people at this time. It was only common within the Jewish community. It wasn't like nowadays where they do it to prevent AIDS. Anyway, anyway, it was insinuated that because he was circumcised, he was deviant. I can see the 1913s thinking that. It's like a very 1913 thought. Yeah, it's literally the only reason I could find about why the circumcision was like controversial is that it insinuated that he was like deviant and that was the the reason what's so wild about that is that it like you were saying circumcision is super common in the united states and israel like nowhere else is it very common like it is here but now it's so common like that would not that would not hold up for a single second no, I was just thinking, wasn't it, like, later with the, the serial guy, Kellogg, who was, like, oh, like, circumcisions are, in fact, good, because they, like, because he was, like, masturbation is bad, and other, and, like, gen- like touching your genitals is bad. Or am I just misremembering Kellogg? It was I, all just, I, I don't know, know man. I just it remember was just, he was, like, masturbation is bad, and that's why I have made cornflakes to make you stop yes, feeling excited. the cornflake guy! Yeah, that's all I know, but... Hearing this really makes me go, wow, PP exposed, you are a deviant. If your penis is out and exposed, God doesn't Gross. like you. <laughs> must, mean, must mean you hate God or something. Like, hello? Bro, it's just skin. Bro. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say was with the, the character testimony that was positive towards Frank and, like, the fact that it ends up being discounted. It makes me think of a different trial that I read about, which happens, like, decades later during the like red scare i think with like sacco and vanzetti and like they had great character references too but like some of the people um spoke english as a second language like they had accents like so there was not only a language barrier their accents and they also were like a racialized um other so like a lot of their testimony was discounted or thrown out or like not really cared about and it just i mean I don't know if this is really the case to talk about it, but I feel like character statements are not helpful. First of all, they're dismissed as soon as they don't fit the narrative that the lawyers want to set up. And then also, like, you know, in particular with people who are serial sexual assaulters, you know, we've seen that a lot with people who are pedophiles but are upstanding members of communities. And then everybody else says, oh, they're great. You know, we've never had a problem with them. And then I feel like that just serves to further ostracize the victims who are like, yeah, but they victim they hurt me just because they were nice to you. I don't know. I don't know if I have a. I don't know. I just have a thought. I don't know if I have a full opinion on that. Sure. Another thing that they used were these unfavorable testimonies from a few young women that worked at the factory that kind of painted him as a pervert. I think most of them were kind of like, he stared at me, things like this and that. Like, there was nothing that was, from what I knew, that suggested that he had actually acted on anything or done anything. And this could just be one coerced or two, you know, scared young girls. They could be, they hear this man is bad now, and they're looking back on every interaction that they've had with him. And they're like, oh my God, what if when he, like, handing me my money and he touched my hand what if that meant something like you know i mean it's also maybe he was creepy like he could just be a little creepy 
He could be a little creepy. A lot of men are a little creepy. Um, but also, like, there's that, like, thing with psychology. I, I've been talking a lot. I'm taking up space. I am on a podcast. This you is a podcast that you space. are on. You are literally, <laughs> by definition, supposed to take up space. Um, But, like, you know, like, if you ask things in, like, certain ways, you can just trick people into thinking they remember things, too. Like, pe- you can, like, psychologists have done this with, like, studies, and people can just, they can just invent new memories. Like, if this the police officers, like, straight up, might have tortured the guy to get like answers about thing about like a sexual assault he may sexual assault and murder he may or may not have committed like who's to say they weren't asking questions in such a way that it was like planting memories and people who might have given different testimonies otherwise a great point and i I just think about you know you put a lens on something you're always going to think about it in a different way but back to this trial when it came to Connolly, this is so gross. Um, okay. Racism helped him escape blame, which is fucked up. Because people were, like, dismissing any, like, lies or bumps in his story because, and this is horrific, he's a black man, so he's incapable of remembering the details of the complex story. What the fuck? But we are going <sighs> to rely on his testimony to put away this other guy, though. So it only is that he only can't remember stuff when it's convenient for us for him to not remember stuff. Yeah. So fucked up. I don't know if I, first of all, I don't know if Leo Frank did it. Second of all, I even more so doubt John Connell. What was his first name? Sorry. Uh, I've been calling Connolly so much. My mind is blanking. James, I think. James, I knew it was a J. James Connolly was even involved at all. I don't know. There's like no evidence at all for anybody. Jim. Oh my God. It was Jim. You lied to me. Okay. Isn't it a different J name? But I'm like. Jim is short for James. I'm not seeing text. So I go. They they can be used. Like. Yeah. You know, I said his first name once. And then then it was. Oh my God. You are implanting memories. You are implanting memories. memories. (laughs) Jimothy. (laughs) Jimothy. <laughs> so at the end of all of this, the jurors deliberated, deliberated for two hours. Again, two hours. <laughs> What's with these short deliberation times? I barely two hours is barely enough time to go over all the evidence, even though there's barely any evidence in these. Yeah. But they found Frank guilty of on course. August 25th, 1913. Following this. Tom Watson, the man I mentioned before, the white supremacist, called for violence. Of course he did. When he was what does a white supremacist do but call for violence? You know? And so he continued to get the public heated up and angry about all of this. this we all- love a poster. Oh, my God. This all came to a head on August 17th, 1915, so about two years later. Wait, wait a minute while I say this. Oh, no. Leo Frank was abducted from the from prison. From where? From prison? Yes. Uh-oh. Driven to Marietta, Mary's hometown. Oh, my God. And lynched. Of course. Why did they have to drive him all the way to the hometown? What the? That is performative. I... That's all it is. If he was guilty, I'd understand it. But. But we can't do that. You can't do that. You 
that. You can't do that. Man. I understand the idea of bringing him to Mary's hometown. Do not agree with anything that's happening here. Anyway, this whole plot to take him from prison and lynch him was planned by a group of prominent Georgians, including elected officials and a former governor. Guys, we can't be doing this. That is not how it works. If you're part of this... If you're part of the system and you don't like how it works, you got to change the system. You can't just decide the system doesn't apply to me and do whatever the hell you want. That is not how it works. That is how we get problems. Here's the thing. Many Georgians celebrated this. It was the call of violence they were asking for. Hmm. Interesting. I will remember those words for later when we overthrow the government. Like, what What does this solve? Even if he did do it, what does this solve? I know. You know what's so crazy? Like, we talk about gun violence today and, like, the way in which, like, people are numb to violence and, mm. like, through, like, video games and nonsense like that. Right? And people then, used like, to lynch people on the regular. People, not only used to... Headings and hangings. Not only that, they had postcards of lynchings. It's, like, sending <laughs> your, your buddy in, like, fucking mississippi like a postcard of you at the latest lynching like wish you were here wish you when you're at the french revolution and you're cutting off the people the rich people and you're like oh my god because in meal, i wish you were here in versailles we're cutting off marie antoinette's head or something wow hey yo that's weird that's weird what's also crazy is that for some beheadings like there was one case of um, this woman. I can't remember if she was hanged or beheaded, but mm. there was like a murder that had been committed um, that she had done in tandem with her husband. Anyway, a crowd of 20,000 people arrived and like oh. someone died from being trampled in this crowd to watch her be like, you know, hanged or beheaded for the crime. Anyway. Public executions are a very strange not- thing to me. So strange. First of all, Hanged or Beheaded, the sixth musical. Second of all. Hey. Both of those also take, like, time. Like, it's not, guillotines were not efficient. Beheadings were not efficient. Like, sometimes you had to chop a second, a third time. The neck, thick. Choking out on, like, being hanged takes time. You gotta see those nasty legs twitching. I only know that from a movie. I wonder what the return rate was for people who would go to see an execution in person and then realize it's actually really fucked up do they keep coming because they're into that or did they just not realize how fucked it is gonna be and then they're like i don't i don't need to see that again you know what's crazy there's bars that used to have windows that would have prime views of like the platform I could of see that thing. it was like the thing of the week to do yeah, I was going to go, like, what else are you going to do? Go there's to the nothing else going on. Girls, get a drink, and then at six, there's going to be a public execution. Oh. I don't know. Like, what else would I'm you so glad we do? came to the city this week. Mm, it's just, it's me, it's Betty, it's Agatha. We're eating. Girl trip. <laughs> Girl it's trip. We're eating. In the city. It's execution in the city. Yeah. We're eating, like, blood sausage to get the vibes. <laughs> Awful. We got, like, some liver, and we're going to watch this guy fucking die. Yay. Grub us. Anyway, story not quite over. Oh, there's Uh-oh. still more. 
1982, way after. Yeah, hello? New evidence came to light. No. Alonzo Mann, who had been the office boy for Frank, spoke up with incriminating evidence against Connolly. I, 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 I trusted you. I didn't I think you were involved. This is what he stated. He had returned, he had claimed to return, to the National Pencil Company, this is Alonzo, around noon on the day that Mary Fagan was murdered. So around the time that she was there, she had saw Jim Connolly carrying Megan Fagan's lip body. According to man, you were going to say anything? According to the, according to Alonzo man, um, I like his last name's man. Anyway, man, Alonzo man. Connolly threatened to kill him if he told anyone, and his own parents advised him not to tell. You know what? Fair enough. I, if you come up across a person who's literally holding a limp dead body yeah i would was, believe them if they yeah. threatened to kill me i'd be like yeah you've already done it i believe you i will and, not let you do it again and alonzo was 14 he's ah. a baby too and his mom and dad are probably like we shouldn't get involved because it's just gonna get in the way and I'm not, I don't want to, like, make an assumption, but Alonzo is more, it's not a quote-unquote American name, so I'm wondering if maybe they were also of a different minority and were like, no, you know, if we get involved, we're immediately going to get pulled in. I mean, his last name is Man, though. It's a very, like, well, then again, I guess, gen- what is it called when you have your name changed again? Were it to make it easier? So, never mind. But... Man, can you imagine just going like, hey, that girl seems to be about the same age as me. I will not get into this business because mm, that's scary. Man is usually Germanic. Mm-hmm. Just anyway, so this they is new evidence. Or either way that they have their like 14 year old working. So, you know, that also is a factor. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. around here except for Leo Frank has any kind of money. <laughs> Damn it. So, a petition was created to um, for a pardon for Leo Frank, which uh, was initially denied. But in 1986, Georgia pardoned Frank for failing to protect him while he was in custody. Didn't address whether or not he was guilty. I mean, I don't really know. At that point, it's been... 60 70 years i don't truly know if you can say one way or the other if he's guilty or not based on the testimony of somebody did he give the test like did alonzo give the testimony as an older person like from years and years later or is this like something that was written you know it's one of those maybe maybe not hard to say but they definitely should take a responsibility for the fact that a ward of the state because that's what prisoners are was removed from state custody just because and murdered that's so fucked up and they should take responsibility for that that's not even a failure though like you said earlier like state officials and former state officials were a part of the violence like that they decided that the system didn't count for right now like yeah. when the system fails so aggressively that the people in the system have decided to take part in the violence, like it shouldn't just be like an oh here's a pardon, like sorry we didn't do more. It's like no, like there should be it's restitution. 
So after this, it's become widely believed that Frank was innocent and that one of the popular theories is that Connolly did it. Connolly did not have a clean record. He had multiple arrests for being drunk and disorderly, uh, for drunk and disorderly conduct. Um, he had two stretches on a chain gang. So his character comes into question, but I will say um, on top, well, on top of that, there's three people who said that Connolly confessed to them that he had killed her. However, on that hand, that that's he yeah. probably should have said something. But however, we don't know. Also, I mean, again, race could play a part in this. And that's why I'm a little hesitant. Um, it could be that these people. He he was saying that he had helped in dumping the body. So there could have been something with that when he was confessing things. I don't know. I think with the evidence that we have, it makes sense that Connolly would have done it, especially when he was changing his story so much when it came to what was happening with the body and where it went and his like hand and all of this. But I am going to say that racism could also be playing a part with Connolly and people are just going from one minority person to another because they really didn't investigate anyone else. Right. Because that makes me question the, um, his record because it was not unheard of to arrest black people at the time. And even honestly today for being really frank with it, for nothing and then you get you're in prison for a while for nothing and so you're now you have a record Mm -hmm. so i i don't know whether or not to fully believe that i mean yeah i believe that he was in jail but i don't know what i don't know what to think about what that says about his character and as far as the confessions you're right like people might have just like talked to him about it and maybe he said one thing that they construed as a confession when he was mentioning that he was involved and they were like no but he did it though he did all of it though and you're like did he that's so fucked up because there's just no answer and you know what who really mary's just dead now and nobody she doesn't really get any justice for that because the only two people they even bothered looking at they only looked at for racist reasons yeah i really view there's two victims in this story. There's Leo and there's Mary. It's fucked up, but be disappointed, Annalise. I'm really disappointed. Yeah, that's what you get at our table of disappointment, y'all. <laughs> so that is where we're gonna leave off today. You know, two disappointing cases, two young women. I'm wondering if next time there was a couple cases that I was reading where it was. Um, there's there's a lot of young women cases, unfortunately. Um, there's a lot of children cases that are unsolved, unfortunately, as well. So I was going to say, these were like 13, 14 year old girls. I, I don't know about calling them young women. Yeah. This is right. this isn't like this is related, but it's also not related. I just want to say, like, what gets me about not investigating the other people is like, with, like, a system that abuses children and, like, that works children, you have, like, like white men and a lot of power over people, like, a vulnerable population that's unlikely to say anything and that also doesn't have a lot of knowledge about sex because it's, like, a time period where they're not talking about that and, like, sexual assault. So, like, right. it could be that, like, it was one of the, like, white men who was, like, leading the stuff and, like, maybe Mary dies because she, like, fights or something. Or, like, it's the first time and things go wrong. But who's to say that there weren't other victims that just don't end up dead? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can 
there has to be, I mean, we know some cases of sexual assault within factories for young women or girls. Yeah, it was not Uh, unheard of. It was disgustingly common. I wonder what the statistics would be. Because you obviously can't retroactively do statistics anymore. People from them have passed since then. Um, And who would report it at the time? Exactly. No one's reporting at the time. So it's probably, unfortunately, extremely high. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then, like, the victims, like, if they end up pregnant, like, they just disappear because women who are pregnant aren't seen. If they're single and they end up pregnant, like, it's just deemed their fault for whatever happens. There's no comprehension of, like, sex or rape or sexual assault. And so they just disappear, hidden away in the country by their families, and then, like... And that's for the families who can afford to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, history repeats itself. Woo! No rights for women. Part. Mm. It's tragic. It's disappointing. And that's what you get at the table of disappointment. <laughs> Serving disappointment all day, every day. Today's soup is disappointment. Tomorrow's specials, disappointment. And that's all we got for you. So we're just going to say bye and leave. And, you know, pushing your chair where you go. But, you know, we understand if you leave all the trash here. <laughs> bye. bye.